Hello, and welcome to episode 5 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm going to start off the episode by going over some of the big signings and trades that happened this week in the NFL since I last recorded, as well as doing my mock draft 2.0. So let's get right on into it. Alright, so right off the rip, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson being traded from the Houston Texans to the Cleveland Browns. This is definitely a difficult subject. Like, there's a lot of shady stuff that he's been accused of doing. He still has 22 civil lawsuits despite um, two grand juries not acquitting him. I think that's the correct term. Just finding him not guilty in the criminal charges that he was facing. However, it is still, like, you... How do 22 people come up and say, like, very similar stories about him going to all these different massage parlors? It just... I understand the uncomfort behind Browns fans and being like, oh, I don't want to, like, I don't know if I want to support the team. And just with the whole NFL, like, so many, he was auctioned off as, like, kind of like the bachelor, you know? He was hosting people, he was having them give presentations on why they should want him, you know? It's like the opposite of most free agency or trade deals. It's just a very weird overall situation, and... That's really all I'm going to say about the off-field stuff because I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know all the legal allegations. I just know what I've heard so far, and it's very damning and very uncomfortable to talk about, you know? But on the field, Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the league and should make that Browns offense just click, ignite, spark. It should be explosive there. Like The difference between Baker and Deshaun may only be like 13 quarterbacks you know but if Deshaun comes in and returns to form as a top five quarterback that allows the Browns to stay competitive in the division which is something that obviously they weren't able to do last year with all the injuries as well as to Baker and then the whole Odell drama falling apart um we'll see if he gets a suspension I still would not be surprised if he did Like, he likely still will, and that's why they signed Jacoby Brissett to back him up. Um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they still miss the playoffs, depending on the length of the suspension, like if they aren't able to keep afloat in this very competitive AFC, and the AFC North is also just super loaded too, so they'd probably have to be vying for a wild card spot. We'll see how that all goes. Um, But now they have another discontent quarterback in Baker Mayfield, and what do they do with him? I thought the best landing spot would be the Colts. Now they just traded for Matt Ryan. I'll get into that later. I thought maybe, now I think maybe the Seahawks, the Panthers, those are the two names I'm hearing the most, like just online, on other podcasts, stuff like that. I kind of like the fit to like a Tampa Bay where he can just sit down for a year, kind of do what Jameis Winston did for number one overall pick, sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback, reset, learn a bit more. I think that could be a really good situation for him. So, Gotta look out for that for a sleeper option, something I'm not really hearing a lot of people talk about him, like, going somewhere to sit for a year. Um, probably one of the reasons why is because he's, he's going to carry, like, an $18 million cap hit no matter where he goes, so Tampa would have to sign him as a cut option, which obviously the Browns want to try to trade him so that they don't have to carry that dead cap penalty. All right, and then Matt Ryan was traded from the Falcons to the Colts for a third-round pick. Um, great move by the Colts. They pretty much traded Carson Wentz and 
Yeah, trade Carson Wentz for a second round pick and not Ryan when you do like all the math, you know? And I think that's like you make that deal in a heartbeat with what Ryan has shown. He's former MVP. He may be on kind of like the down path of his career, only got maybe three years left, but this Colts team is ready to win now. They might beat out the Titans in the race for the division. Now we'll see how if Derrick Henry bounces back strong. We'll see how um, Robert Woods comes back from his ACL, but there's a really good chance that the Colts are in a position to beat the drivers in the AFC North now, or AFC South, my bad. And then for the Falcon side of this, they went out, they signed Marcus Mariota. I'm really excited to see him start again. Um, I'm a, there's the logo, the Raiders fan, and um, I have a roommate who's a Titans fan. We both love Mariota. He just seems like such a fun guy to watch, fun player to cheer for, a good guy, good leader. Um, I'm glad to see him get another shot here with his former offensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith. Uh, I'm just worried, though. He has no weapons. Kyle Pitts, Ola, what's his name? Zechadias, Olamias, Zechadias, something like that. Um, I think Tajay Sharp's on that roster. There's just the the receiving room is just terribly bad. Just no one to really speak of there. Um, I really think that points towards what they're going to do in the draft just because they just have such a need for someone to at least step up there. Um, so I'm worried that Mariota, now that he's in this situation, he's going to kind of fizzle out again. People are going to be like, oh, look, he's still not good. But he's just not being, I don't think he's being set up because they also don't have an offensive line. They don't have a defense. Falcons might be the favorite right now to be the number one overall pick next year. And good for them. Get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, whoever emerges. But obviously not that good for the players on the roster. Uh, next up, I want to talk about Tyree Kill being traded. That... That news came out of nowhere. Just all of a sudden, like, oh, he wants to be traded. Like, he's requesting it. I was like, oh, like, you know, maybe they still might work things out. And then an hour later, he's a Dolphin. Great move by the Dolphins. Now they have one of the scariest offenses in the league. And there's no reason why Tua um, shouldn't be able to succeed here. And if he doesn't, then that's, like, red flag. You're drafting a quarterback or trading for one next year. Um, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they're going to take the tops off defense. They're just going to be blazing out there. Um, I thought that Jalen Waddle was going to see a bit of a different role next year, and he still might. But who knows, maybe now they will keep him more as the underneath guy, how, how they were using him last year. Now that they have Tyreek, and they'll just have a speedy deep threat and then a speedy underneath guy. That could be super dangerous. Um, Mike is sick. He's like a glorified slot receiver playing tight end. And then you got... Devontae Parker out there as well. Um, look for Tyreek and Jalen Waddle to be like slot roles and stuff too. Keeping Parker on the outside. That's just those four pass catchers along with the speed they have with Chase Edmonds and Raheem, Raheem Mosert. Uh, Mike McDaniel is going to have a field day like just scheming up this offense. I can already tell. And then they got Teron Armstead as well. like Just shoring up that offensive line. Uh, he has struggled to stay healthy recently, so we'll see if he can stay the whole time. But for $15 million a year for one of the top offensive tackles in the league, that's a steal. Even if he is only playing, like, say, 10 games. Maybe you kind of put him on a pitch count early in the season and then go full force at the end. We'll see how they handle his health and his injury situation. But um, smart move to get him locked up. And for, like, I think, like, no guaranteed money, they can get out of it whenever. Uh, for the Chiefs side of things, this definitely 
does this trade definitely does make them worse like there's no argument about it Tyreek is what made that offense run like the combination of Tyreek Mahomes and Kelsey was just that's what made the Chiefs the Chiefs they had the deep threat that made safeties have to play off they had the smart savvy um route runner who was just bigger than everyone else he'd find in um in Kelsey and who would find holes in zones because the safeties were so far deep and then you had Mahomes who could make any throw uh, you still have two of those things, and now you're bringing in MBS to hopefully bring back some of what Tyreek brought to the table, but it's still not going to be the same. Um, I honestly think that they were, could finish third in the division, maybe maybe second. I don't see them as the favorites anymore, and I see the Chargers as the favorites in that division. Um, and you just hope. You knew one day you were going to see Mahomes without all his weapons, and I still think he's going to be phenomenal, like he got raised in the culture of having these weapons so he was able to develop good tendencies and be a strong quarterback but now it's like okay now that you take these away are you still going to keep these tendencies are you still going to be this good i believe he will i still think he's probably going to be either the best or second best quarterback again this year like he's been for the past four years but it's definitely an interesting question to see and then the last thing I want to talk about is Darius Smith finding a home with the Vikings. That shores up a big need for them. Now they got uh, Hunter and Smith rushing from edge to edge. That could be one of the best. I'd say one of the best pass rushing duos. But man, that that AFC West is loaded, and uh, Packers still have a really good duo with the uh, with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. And you're seeing more and more just teams finding two dominant edge rushers instead of just one. And that's what the Vikings did here. So it's really smart. I think it's smart for them to try to keep up. All right, so now we're going to get into my mock draft. This is going to be, once again, a what I would do mock draft. I plan on doing a more of a predictive one, like right before the draft. Maybe I might release it on that Thursday. We'll see how um, we'll see how that all goes, but I will definitely get a more predictive one out there eventually. But yeah, so this is going to be based off of my own evaluations and what I believe would be best for each team. So you're going to see things like the quarterbacks are going to fall just because I don't think... I don't think anyone is really in a position to take one at the top of the draft and set them up for success. And I don't think any of the quarterbacks here are able to vault over the deficits of the team that need quarterbacks, you know? But when draft day comes along, I'm sure we're going to have like two or three in the top ten just because that always happens. So we're going to kick things off number one overall. I'm going to go Aiden Hutchinson, the edge out of Michigan. Um, Yeah, now that the Jaguars tagged Cam Robinson. I definitely think that this is the move. Um, he's the best player in the class for a reason. He's not going to be like your Bosa or your Chase Young or Miles Garrett, you know, like coming out the gate, like amazing. But he's definitely like a solid overall edge rusher who you want on your team. He's gonna. He's definitely the best edge rusher in this class and would be like a top two or three in most other classes and you take that any day of the week you want to get this you want to get a cheap pass rusher who's one day going to be worth 25 maybe maybe without the markets going eventually 30 million when you have to re-sign him you want to get that on that five-year contract cheap right away and that will help out this defense alongside josh allen as i said you want to have those two dominant edge rushers and i think hutchinson can bring that to the table uh, number two, I'm going to go with Kyle Ham- Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Um, so I think you can really go three spots here if you're the Lions. You can either go Hamilton, you can go the edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau, 
out of Oregon or Derek Stingley, cornerback out of LSU. Uh, last time I had them going Stingley, but I think you need someone who's a bit more solid, someone who's... Stingley's got injury concern, and he was really explosive his first year, but not as good his next two years. And Hamilton is just one of the best safety prospects like we've ever seen coming out. Um, obviously, this is my first year doing all the scouting and stuff, but he's just... You see him do things like coming out of nowhere, breaking on balls. He's really smart. He's... Um, He's not the fastest. He's faster than his 4.59 speed showed, but he makes up for that with his um, IQ, with reading, diagnosing plays. He's physical. He's willing to make tackles. He's big. He's like 6'4", 220, I believe. I think those... Let me make sure those measurables are correct. Yeah, 6'4", 220. He's just everything you want in a safety and more. So I think the Lions... And then Kayvon Thibodeau, I think you go with um, Hamilton over Thibodeau because you already have some solid edge rushers there in the Aquara brothers and um, Charles Harris. And I think Hamilton has a better chance of being like a bigger force multiplier for that defense alongside Tracy Walker in the backfield. Number three overall, I'm going to have the Houston Texans up, taking Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama. Um. So Evan Neal is the most well-rounded tackle in this class, and he's also, he might be the most physically gifted, either him or Ikim Ekwanu. Um, I value pass blocking more than I do run blocking, and so Charles Cross kind of has the edge on Neal over in that regard. However, I think because of how physically gifted Evan Neal is, you gotta you got to take him over Cross. You have to bet on his ability to become that dominant pass blocker like Cross is, but also he already is a better run blocker and has the physical upside to be an even better pass blocker than Cross is. So number four overall, you have the Jets, and I think the question here is kind of the same thing as the Lions, except for instead of safety, obviously, on with Hamilton, you're thinking tackle. So are you going to go with one of the tackles, cornerback, or Kayvon Thibodeau? And I think they go Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I think they go with him because he is just, once again, like kind of like Hutchinson. I think they're a lot closer than a lot of people are talking about right now. And I think Thibodeau also like might be better against the run out the gate. Um, just needs to work on his pass rush a bit, little bit more than Hutchinson. But he's just a dominant player for Oregon. And all this stuff's coming out about his motor and character and his love for football and you just don't see that when he plays he plays with aggression on every play he's hungry for the ball and i think he's going to make an impact him and shaq lawson could be an amazing edge rushing duo um robert salah came in last year and this defense was just disappointing for a defensive um, minded head coach like i think it, it might have been statistically the worst and so you want to bring in someone who will definitely raise that as i said stingley's got some question marks about um, health and then just production over the last couple of years so I don't think the Jets really want to take a risk on that and yeah being a defensive coach and just having such a poor defense last year I think it just makes more sense to go Thibodeau over one of these offensive tackles you already have a pretty solid offensive line like you could use one more guy but I think the edge rush is a much more pressing need for them so yeah and at number five you got the Giants and once again, all these teams at the top kind of have the same needs. So 
I'm looking at tackle, I'm looking at guard. Um, I'm not really looking at edge rusher, edge rusher so much just because I think those are like those top two guys and then there's kind of like the next two or three, you know, down. So I have the Giants going with Charles Cross. As I said, I value um, pass blocking more than run black blocking. So I think he should be the move here. He should give uh, Daniel Jones just another reason why he should, he should be able to succeed. And those should be your bookend tackles for years to come with him and Andrew Thomas. Um, some guys do struggle going from left to right. So that's the only worry I really have for him transitioning. And then also going from Mike Leach's gimmicky air raid offense up, just always just tucking the ball to a more pro style offense. He's going to be asked to do um, more vertical sets in his pass pro. And in the past, that hasn't translated as well. But Charles Cross is just so technically refined at his pass protection that I believe like he should be able to do just fine when he gets to the NFL. Um, next up, we got the Panthers, and this time they are going to grab Ike McQuanu, the tackle out of North Carolina State. Um, it's always offensive line here. Like That is their biggest need. They they struggled last year finding offensive line talent. They tried to get guys early in free agency, um, Pat, Pat F-line, and just someone else who was like, really, you're going to go after these like low-level free agents who and expect them to start for you and do well and a shocker they didn't um Iquanu gives you some guard tackle flexibility and clays to like brady christensen there but i think Iquanu obviously tackle is a more valuable position and Iquanu is just such better than um christensen i think that's his name the guy out of byu last year fourth round pick um so yeah i think you plug him in left tackle and him and taylor morton should be once again, like just bookend tackles for you for years to come. It's really important to get those down. And then at number seven, overall, the Giants are back up. I have them selecting Derek Stingley out of LSU. Uh, this is where I think his slide stops. They already had one first round pick, so this is kind of like almost like playing with house money. Like you, you're willing to take more of a risk. Um, we don't know if James Bradbury is going to be there, if he's there, or even if he's not there. I think Derek Stingley is still a. Uh, would be a great pickup for them playing in I think they have Wink Markendale right yeah so they have Wink Martindale now he likes to play a lot of um, press man and Derek Stingley's like strong physical in your face he's really good like freshman year he was just glue on receivers like he's one of the most physically gifted cornerbacks and I think you chase that upside you go for it and if you have to part waves with Bradbury then fine okay it's him and Adoree Jackson if not those three um, could be one of the most lockdown units in the NFL so number eight overall we have the Falcons and as I kind of alluded to earlier they need wide receiver help so I'm going to give them Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State uh, he's the best overall receiver in this uh, draft class he's got the size he's got the speed he ran faster than a lot of people expected at 438 um, he's got the separation ability he can win with the ball in his hands he's got the overall profile of a wide receiver one which is what they need and he should complement Kyle Pitts really well so I'm excited to see where I would be really excited to see that offense uh, with those two running it and then hopefully Mariota can make some magic there number nine overall the Seattle Seahawks getting that 
pick from Denver for the Russell Wilson trade. I have grabbing Bernard Raymond. Um, their tackle situation just isn't it right now. I think they have Stone Forsyth, who was a rookie last year, who maybe they trust to come in and take the starting role, but I wouldn't bank on that, especially if they're they're committed to reloading and not rebuilding. So you want to grab someone who can come in. Um, he's going to be, I think, a dominant run blocker out the gate. His pass pro definitely could use some work, but the Seahawks have... The Shanahan style, uh, Shane Waldron, is their offensive coordinator coming from the Rams a couple years ago. And so they need more pull blockers, move blockers, guys like Raymond. This is what he did in college and should create some running lanes definitely for um, Rashad Penny and whoever else they have running behind that offensive line. And then at number 10 overall, I have the New York Jets selecting a wide receiver. But I'm going to have them go with Jameson Williams out of Alabama. They were in on the Tyreek Hill sweepstakes. They technically got it first, but then Miami came in and was like, whoa, 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 let me, let me get on this. And Miami ended up getting that from, um, what's it called, KC. And so I think that if they're looking for speed, well, Jameson Williams is going to be sitting right there. And I think... I have him as my second-ranked receiver right now in this draft class. I think he's just falling a lot for people because of his ACL, but he should be ready by September, and if you're worried about him missing one month of his rookie season when you want him there for your next 10, 15 years, like, why not draft him where you're going to draft him originally? You always see speed go high in drafts, so I think Jameson Williams is going to be someone when, come end of April, people are going to be surprised with how high he goes, but he's got the talent, he's got speed, he's got... He's not bad as a route runner, but just kind of think of him kind of like, almost like Jalen Waddle from last year, Hunter Ruggs from a few years ago. Um, he's going to be in that mold, and the Jets could really use that to open up their offense, have him go over top, Corey Davis underneath, and then they signed a couple tight ends in free agency, round out that, give Zach Wilson more threats, um, more places to go with the football. He's got this big explosive arm, and let him use it. Give him someone to just huck it downfield 60 yards to and just watch this offense go off. So with the 11th pick, I have the Washington Commanders selecting Ahmad Gardner. Um, They made a big splash in free agency last year with William Jackson. They already have one of the Fullers. I think it was Kyle. Uh, Kyle. No, it's Kendall. So they have Kendall Fuller already, but you can never have too many cornerbacks, and Ahmad Gardner literally didn't give up a touchdown in college. And he comes out, runs like a 4-4-40, like blows everyone away. He's physical, um, fast, he's got length, and the corners that Washington had last year definitely did disappoint overall for what they should be. So bring in Ahmad Gardner. He should be your plug-and-play number one cornerback I believe like I think he can do that right off the rip and if not he definitely has the skill to develop that while behind Jackson and Fuller you could always kick Fuller inside or Jackson I don't know if either of them I don't think either of them have the experience but I think they have the physical ability to so I just think you need to round out that defense and then number 12 I have the uh, Minnesota Vikings selecting Trent McDuffie out of Washington the cornerback um, once again, they have Cameron Dantzler and then, like, no one else. Like, Harrison Hand, I think, is slated to be their second outside corner, and that's just not going to cut it in today's NFL. Um, Trent McDuffie is a bit of a smaller corner, but you see this 
you saw um, DJ Reed Jr. You saw the Rams guy Darius Williams both get big paydays from the NFL. I don't think NFL like coaches and front offices are afraid of size at corner or wide receiver anymore, just because there's so many rules that prevent them from being overly physical that smaller guys can't get away with stuff. And when you got speed and instincts like Trent McDuffie does, he should be able to be just fine in um, in Wa- uh, not Washington, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. So 13 overall. Now the Houston Texans getting this from the Deshaun Watson trade will select Travon Walker, the edge out of Georgia. Um, they need help everywhere. They just need to grab best player available. And I believe that's what Travon Walker is. He's able to play inside and outside. Um, probably we want him outside on like earlier downs, but able to play more of like a joker role on later downs, or you can have him just rush off the edge. He can do both. Uh, he had one of the best pro days ever, but then was overshadowed by the other two Georgia defensive linemen, so kind of sucks for him for that, but he's still getting hyped up. Not even sucks for him. I've seen him go in drafts as high as like number five overall. Like People are just going crazy for him, and he didn't have the production in college, which is a bit concerning, as he did play alongside two other first-round picks. Um, but it's also like maybe that's just Georgia, because all three of these like insane defensive linemen that will be coming up shortly in this draft, um, they didn't have the production that you expect to see from them, but they have all the physical abilities and no reason why, once they get into the NFL, why they shouldn't be this amazing Alright, at number 14 overall, I have the Baltimore Ravens selecting Devontae Wyatt, the uh, interior defensive lineman out of Georgia. So I was really sitting here between, do I go with Devontae Wyatt or do I go with the other guy, Jordan Davis? Um, Devontae Wyatt's a bit smaller, he's 315, which I say smaller, but that's still huge. Um, He's more of a finesse rusher, he doesn't have a lot of power to his game yet, he definitely plays smaller, like when I was watching him, I you could have told me he was 280, and I would have been like, yeah, that looks like it. Um, so he definitely needs to kind of learn how to use the strength that he has on his body more. But finesse-wise, he's fine. He should be one of the better interior defensive linemen out the rip at rushing the passer. Um, the question between him and Jordan Davis was kind of answered, I feel like, with Michael Pierce. Um, Michael Pierce, I don't think, will be as good as Jordan Davis, even year one. Like, Jordan Davis is just going to be a monster against the run, but... You don't really need two of those guys on your team. And at the end of the day, everyone's stuffing defensive tackle. I feel like having two of those versus having one and then a pass rushing one is more valuable, even if Michael Pierce is only going to be here for like a year or two at his age. Uh, 15 overall, we got the uh, Philadelphia Eagles selecting Nicobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia. And I'm hearing a lot of stuff about him kind of slipping. And I don't really understand why he has great instincts and speed he's i feel like he's really smart i keep kept seeing plays where he'd see a guard pulling and he'd be like oh like i need to go follow that i need to go in the direction of the guard um he'll see motion in the backfield and make a tfl he's just he's not the best against the run he is small he will get like if he gets blocked he gets blocked you know what i'm saying and but he's able to use his like football intelligence to kind of get around blocks and get to the running back he's able to um 
He's a good blitzer, able to get skinny, get around, do some pass rush. He's got some pass rushing moves to him, and he's really good in coverage. He's got the speed. He's got the, as I said, the intelligence. He sees routes coming and stuff. So if he does, it's sounding like more and more he's going to slip farther and farther. And if whoever gets him, I feel like he's just going to get a steal with him because he's solid. But he isn't the best against the run. So that's why with the 16th pick, I have the Eagles selecting Jordan Davis out of Georgia. As I said, this man is a monster, 340 pounds. I think he's like 6'4", maybe 6'6", um, and ran a 4'7", 8", that, maybe 4'7", 9". Either way, that's that's scary speed. Um, you worry about him health-wise, he, and like stamina-wise, he wasn't able to stay on the field a lot of the times. I think he was only playing like 25 snaps a game, which is not worth the 16th overall pick unless you're just different. But, I mean, he is different. And with NFL coaching and conditioning... I believe he could get to a more like athletic stage where he is able to do to stay on the field longer and he can just two gap all day he's strong take on two blockers at once and still get into the backfield just teams are going to have problems for him against the run and I feel like the league kind of shifted away from the run but with the Shanahan scheme and stuff it's slowly moving back towards it so um, I think the Eagles would be really wise especially if they get Kobe Dean right there get the pass more of the pass defense followed immediately by some run defense um and then that brings up the chargers at 17 kind of kicking themselves being like man we wanted davis they need that they got sebastian's office of day but they could still use another big body maybe look for them to get someone in the second round but i had them going instead with trevor penning the tackle out of northern iowa this guy is just nasty physical um tons of penalties so you hope that some good nfl coaching can kind of hold that back but this man just wants to kill whoever's in front of him and plug him in at right tackle and that could that might be the best offensive line in the league combine that with justin herbert being one of the top five top 10 quarterbacks in the league a great receiving core with keenan allen and uh, marcus william mike williams my bad and then the third round guy they drafted last year palmer um this offense just has insane potential this is why i believe that they should be the favorites to win the afc west right now despite how loaded that is and despite how much that hurts me saying as a raiders fan but this this team is just going to be fun to watch man like especially if they get someone like trevor penning just manhandling people along the offensive line so yeah uh next up at 18 i have the new orleans saints selecting chris olave the wide receiver out of ohio state um so I think he's a really good compliment receiver. He's fast. He's one of the best. He might be. I know a lot of people think Garrett Wilson is the best route runner, but Chris Olave sneakily might be. He could have been a first-round pick last year for whatever reason, decided to come back, thought he had unfinished business. Maybe he thought they could win the um, national championship this year. Sadly, they didn't. But I just think he's going to be a great compliment, especially to Mike Thomas there in New Orleans and then Jameis Winston strong arm he loves throwing deep um, Chris Olave's got the speed to do that and I just think this would be a really nice fit in that offense especially if a guy like Jameson Williams is gone you want to get that deep that receiver who can still win underneath and stuff um, next up at 19 we have the Philadelphia Eagles selecting Drake London out of USC um, yeah 
with them signing Derek Barnett recently and then also having Hassan Reddick re-signing Josh Sweat. I was thinking about Edge like George Karloftis, but I just don't think that would make sense for them here um, with how much they have invested in that Edge position right now. And I know they drafted receiver in the first two round or in the first rounds these last two years, but Drake London's kind of having a slip here, and I think the Eagles would be wise to stop that. Um, London can play inside, outside, despite being bigger. If he plays inside, think of him as like the Mike Thomas role, just catching a bunch of slants. He's he's not really a deep threat. He is a short to intermediate route type of guy, despite being this big guy who you assume would be like, oh, like he's just like a deep threat, jump ball sort of guy. Like, yes, he can do that stuff. He has the ability to do that stuff, but he's much more than that. He's also a good route runner. And um, he can still be on the field at the same time as Smith and Rager, even though like Rager might be on his way out if they make this pick. We'll see how that all falls down. Um, and with the 20th selection, I have the Steelers selecting Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty. Uh, just flat out, I don't think this happens. I don't, one, I don't think the Steelers are patient enough if they do really want a quarterback like Malik Willis to just sit there and let him fall to him. You saw a couple years ago they traded up for Devin, Devin Bush. Um, their GM, I know, is retiring. He might want to make one last big play and be like, here, this is like all my chips on the table. This guy will be the Steelers' future. Um, and you know that uh, Mike Tomlin is just falling in love with Malik T- Willis, the way he's looking at him at the senior bowl, the way at the pro day, they're just staring at him like googly eyes. Um, he's obviously raw. He's got a lot to work on processing-wise and um, not always the most accurate quarterback, but he has all the physical tools to get there. And you see quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, even Jalen Hurts kind of developing, taking that next step. Um, Justin Herbert, these guys with all the tools in the world who people are kind of like, oh, like I don't know if they're going to be that good. Well, <laughs> they are that good. And Malik Willis has a lot of these same question marks. And so I think that's why he kind of slips a bit. And I don't think teams like like teams who I think before this would be considering quarterback, um, Houston Texans, I don't think they really have the roster where Willis would succeed. Uh, Panthers, yeah, they don't have offensive line. I and Ben McAdoo calling plays. Like I just, I think Malik Willis would be a bust there. Seahawks, Falcons. Um, I think he needs to go to a place that has something set up there for him. And the Steelers already have. They have Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, two solid receivers. Pat Fryermuth is a good tight end. They're working on their offensive line. It's not the best, but they definitely got to upgrade in James Daniel this year. Um, they have a solid running back, Najee Harris. So I just think Malik Willis, this would be probably his ideal landing spot if he was able to make it to the Steelers. All right. So with pick number 21, I have the New England Patriots selecting Edge George Karloftis. Um, the Patriots aren't typically ones to invest this highly in Edge, but I think Karloftis is just different for that. He's able to play anywhere from like a stand-up outside linebacker to three technique and interior. Like that's over um, outside the guard, and I think this flexibility is what Bill Belichick covets. He loves having these chess pieces along his defense, able to plug and play him wherever he wants. And I think Karloftis brings that. He also shows that a lot of different passers moves already, despite being a college student. Um, a lot of the times you see these big physical college athletes come in just winning because they're just 
physically better than the guys they're going against. Like these guys that they're going against are future accountants and lawyers, not NFL superstars. But Karloftis also had some craft to his game, and he definitely needs to hone in and get better at just like one or two of them instead of just having like, oh, look at all this different stuff I can do. But the fact that he's willing to try all these different things and that he's able to at least semi-consistently win with them, I think Bill Belichick could have a field day if he wins him. Um, number two, 22 overall in the Devontae Parker trade, the Packers are going to select... Not Devontae Adams trade. <laughs> the Packers are going to select... Traylon Burks, the wide receiver out of Arkansas. Um, you know, the Packers love their big body guys. That's like Devontae Adams was that. MBS was that. Um, I don't know how big actually Jordy Nelson was. I don't think he was big body. Uh, six, three. So yeah, even he was pretty tall. Um, and Traylon Burks is just that. He's also got amazing speed. Like, yeah, he didn't really show it off that much at the combine, but just because he doesn't have track speed doesn't mean that he doesn't have game speed. He was able to outrun like all of Alabama's secondary. And Alabama's got some of the best athletes in the league, you know? So, or in the nation. Um, so, yeah, they definitely need to fill the hole left by Devontae Adams. And Burks isn't going to do that by himself. Like, year one, he might just fill the hole that NBS is leaving going to the Chiefs now, you know? But at least having something there is going to be better than just having Alan Lazard and whatever else they're planning on trotting out right now. Um, 23 overall, I have the Cardinals selecting Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, this one was kind of tough for me. I was kind of thinking Linderbaum or Johnson um, get an interior offensive lineman, don't know how much longer Rodney Hudson will be there, and then Pugh and Jones, their guards right now, just like Q's old, not as good. Jones Young, is he good? Uh, so lots of question marks there, but they also have question marks, I feel like, on at cornerback with Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy. They need another outside cornerback. Murphy's definitely better suited for the slot, and I think Booth can just be that. Um, he can play. He's, he's a very scheme-independent cornerback. You, you don't see that coming out of college a lot, and um, just very heady player I think he should fit in well with the Cardinals um, and fill a big need that they have there so next up 24 overall I have the Dallas Cowboys selecting Tyler Linderbaum the center out of Iowa uh, this is definitely I think a bit of a slip for him he's one of the he's like a generational center prospect but that's kind of like that's almost like saying a generational fullback prospect you know like just centers aren't overly valued in the NFL and um, I think he will go somewhere between here. I think his his range honestly could range from like 14, I think, is the earliest he'll go with the Falcons, not the Falcons, the Ravens, and then as low as maybe like 28 with the Packers. I don't think the Packers would take it. No, the Packers just got Myers. So yeah, he. I just think he has a really wide range of outcomes for where he can go because a lot of teams do have like a center in place right now or have more pressing needs than center just because centers aren't as valued um the cowboys have tyler beatus right now but i just think where their roster's at right now tyler Linderbaum is the biggest upgrade for them maybe see if beatus can play out at guard but Linderbaum should just be a difference maker in that run game and that pass game and instantly be like a top five center in the league with the Bills, I have them going with Kair Elam, 
the Florida cornerback. Right now, they have Tredavious White and then no one else. Let me tell you who their second guy is. It's not pretty, I can tell you that. Um, Siren Neal, I think he was like a, he was a pick by the Giants a couple years ago, I believe. No, he's a fifth round pick out of from the 2018 draft by Buffalo. Um, either way, that's not what you want as your number two corner. Uh, they've been looking for upgrade that spot for years. In, uh, when it was Levi Wallace, and now Levi Wallace is gone, and they still haven't done anything about it. So I just would be extremely shocked if they didn't go with one of these cornerbacks. And um, there's kind of a fall off after Kyra Elam, so just snag him up while you can. Uh, next up, I got the Titans selecting the guard Zion Johnson. Um, the, the Titans actually don't really have too many holes, or at least places where they don't have a lot of investment in. So um, guard was their biggest need, but I also wouldn't be extremely surprised if they went quarterback here, playing for the future a bit with like a Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter. Um, but Zion Johnson should be one of the, or he's definitely the top guard in this class, and should be a upgrade over what they have. They just cut Saffold, and so they need to replace that. And yeah, Zion Johnson should be plug and play for that aspect. Uh, Twenty-seven. I have the Bucks selecting quarterback Sam Howell out of North Carolina, or UNC. Um, yeah, this is gonna. This is one I haven't really seen, and when I thought of it, I was kind of like, ooh, I like that. I like the idea of the Bucks drafting a bit for the future. Like, they still have a whole, like, guard. They could go with, like, a Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M, but I just, like, what would be more valuable? Getting a guard who's very solid, who makes your interior offensive line nice and pretty for the next five, ten years, you know? Or get Sam Howell, who was really good as a sophomore true sophomore at unc when he had all of his weapons like um the yami brown and the jatavius william javante williams and he looked like oh this guy might be like a top five pick next year he loses all that he loses offensive coordinator he loses a couple of other guys go to the nfl and the scheme just completely switches on his head he playing a lot more read option and he still looks good he still produces solid he still had like an elite pff grade but he was definitely more of a run read one read and run quarterback but with the physical arm talent and the speed the size and just imagine if he was able to sit behind tom brady who has all the physical or all, all the mental ability the ability to teach Sam Howell to allow him to grow. Just imagine him sitting behind that, soaking in that knowledge and using Tom Brady's knowledge to his advantage combined with his physical ability. I just think the Bucks would be dumb not to take a quarterback if Sam Howell is sitting there staring him in the face. Like, you have to plan for the future. Tom Brady showed that he's got one foot out the door and you don't want to be stuck, stuck there with... Kyle Trask like I know they spent a second round pick on him but like Sam Howell is just so like physically light years beyond Kyle Trask like Kyle Trask is more like a Nick Foles Case Keenum type Sam Howell has the physical ability of like I don't want to say Justin Herbert maybe more like a T-Row physical ability and if he gets that all 
in check mentally sitting behind Tom Brady. Like, that's... I don't know, man. I just really fell in love with the idea of Sam Howell to the Buccaneers. Um, so next up at 28, we have the Green Bay Packers selecting Kenyon Green, the guard out of Texas A&M. Um, I think you put him in at left guard and move Elton Jenkins over to right tackle. Jenkins is someone who's shown to have tackle-to-tackle, like tackle guard center versatility. Um which is super valuable he plays at a pro level maybe even like all pro if he stays healthy for the whole season um at each position so that kind of gives you the ability to go best player available along offensive line which they still kind of need like one more guy to short things up since ever since they last um bulaga walk so 29 overall i have the kansas city chiefs getting this pick in the tyree kill trade selecting sky Moore, the wide receiver out of western michigan um this is a guy, he's not overly fast, but man, is he elusive. He's small, he's like 5'10", but he's still like 195 pounds, so that's like how much I weigh at 6'2". Um, he's got big mitts for hands, catches everything thrown his way, and he should, he's not going to bring to the table what Tyreek Hill brought to the table. Like No one is going to bring that ever again, I believe. But combining him with MBS kind of gives you the two things that Tyreek could do. And at lower levels, definitely, but they they need to go with the wide receiver, and I just believe that Sky Moore is the be- next best one available, who also brings kind of like a similar play style to Tyreek Kill, despite being a lot slower. Um, and that's not even a knock on Sky Moore's speed. I think he still ran like the four fours, which is still like fast, just not like Tyreek fast, you know. And then next up with the Kansas City Chiefs again, I have them selecting Jermaine Johnson the second out of Florida State, the edge rusher. Um, they need some edge rush help. He was a uh, fourth year breakout at florida state never really produced until then but then just kind of blew up the scene and that the senior bowl just looked amazing too he'll probably be another guy who goes higher than this when you see the actual draft come around um i just didn't really this kind of where he just kind of fell to me and i think the chiefs stop his slide um him and chris jones should be a great pass rush duo they definitely need it with the afc west division right now just everyone having these wild duos and no offense, but Frank Clark isn't one of those names that brings fear anymore ever since he left the Seahawks, really, I believe. Um, yeah. Next up, we got the Bengals. They really... The only hole going in to free agency, really, was offensive line and then maybe, like, cornerback, too. They fixed up offensive line. They brought back Eli Apple, so maybe you think cornerback, but as I said, I kind of see a drop-off after career Kair Elam. So I was thinking go with uh lewis kind sign i don't I, I don't know if it's sign or kind but the safety out of georgia um he can be more of that box safety to your jesse bates free safety just a good compliment piece uh he's big physical tackler um does well in coverage too he's just going to be a versatile defensive back for them um and i think should just definitely be an upgrade over von bell but also like allow them to run more three safety packages you see the nfl definitely trending a bit more towards that direction and so the i think the Bengals could definitely use that upgrade for their defense um and then the last pick pick 32 out of the lions selecting quarterback desmond ritter out of cincinnati um i think it's a smart move by them to select a quarterback here it gives them the fifth year option while also being the cheapest um over the first four years 
because it's the last position or last pick in the draft. It allows them, um, if they're thinking about a quarterback, if they like one of these quarterbacks, it allows them to take one and still have another pick two picks later. Like they just have to wait, let the Jags pick and then they pick again. Um, and then, yeah, Desmond Ritter just showed out at his combine. He ran a lot faster than people thought he would. He's stronger than people thought he was. And his pro day, I think his pro day might have happened today, maybe yesterday, but I saw a clip from it. It's like he made the pro day throw and yeah like a lot of quarterbacks make that throw but at the same time like it's still nice to be able to see that a quarterback on like can roll out on the run set his feet fast and just huck it 60 66 yards i think his was just something absurd like i um coming from cincinnati coming from a smaller school that shouldn't concern people anymore especially when you see what he did with that school he turned this program around brought this kind of like this Cooper five conference school that wasn't seen as the threat he brought them to the playoffs in college football like that's very impressive that's almost impossible to do that's the he's the first quarterback they're the first team to do that and he's the leader of the team and i think he can bring that mentality to the lions i think um dan campbell's gonna fall in love with this guy like his work ethic his drive his will to win despite like this kind of underdogness and so I just think he would be perfect for the Lions, especially sitting here needing a quarterback. And if he's still there, I definitely think the Lions should snag him up. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, if you're on YouTube, leave a like, comment, subscribe. Um, let me know what you if you like the pick I have for your team. Let me know what you didn't like. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple, Spotify, Google, RSS directly, anything else I have it on, I forgot. Um, leave a review five stars that would help me out a ton and then you can also reach out to me on twitter at fpf underscore podcast or on email fpfpodcast at gmail.com and until next time